0: Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the second part of the Fulham Focus Q&A with Aaron Hughes. If you haven't heard the first part yet, you can find this along with all our other Q&As on our website, fulhamfocus.com. For everybody else, just to recap, in the first part we covered how Aaron got his first opportunity in football with Newcastle, why he signed for Fulham, a little bit of this, a little bit of that on Hodgson and Sanchez, as well as focusing mainly on the great escape. Now it's time to move on So the one and only journey of a lifetime, the Europa League. Hope you enjoy it. So Europa League. Yes. Going into it, what was the ambitions? You know, what was, was it ever spoken about realistically where you thought you was going to head or was it just take every game as it comes?
1: I think it was sort of take each game as it comes and see where we go and there wasn't a great Emphasis on it because I, I think the club's main focus, uh, the main goal, was to make sure you know, we didn't want to take a take away from from the league and, and our Premier League status. And to start so early in the season, sort of be going away and all these sort of like random places. Um, it was just a case of not use of the pre season, but um, certainly just it was competitive games early. So hopefully that would give us a little bit of an edge. But when you start so early in the season, you didn't want to catch up with us at the, at the end of the season if needed. So it was just take games, you know, how they come. Just play the way we play, see if we can get a result in it, and see where it goes. And it wasn't, I think, until we sort of got into the grip stage of them, we think, oh, actually, we, we could maybe go somewhere with this. we're enjoying it. It's just a new experience. It's good, you know. It's just exciting, um, and it just sort of sort of snowballed from that.
0: In that team, there was there was a handful of you that had that kind of experience. Obviously, you and Duff in the Champions League Danny Murphy had won the UEFA Cup uh, with Liverpool Hangeland played in the Champions League so uh, Swartzer as well got to the, the final with Middlesbrough so there, there was a core group of you that had been there and done it so there was a lot of experience in there weren't there?
1: There was um, I mean that, that was one of the strengths I think of that side in general that there was a lot of experience throughout the side and, and, and good character which, which helped not just in Europe throughout that period of time I, I always yeah, that the European games are always a bit different and um, quite enjoyed them. You know, the the, the nighttime games going away, the travelling, it's it's quite enjoyable because it's, it's something different from your 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 normal sort of routine through the season. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, you know a lot of experience, and as I said, that that that's probably helped a lot too as the as the campaign went on.
0: How do you feel when you see players of so-called bigger clubs and and sometimes the smaller ones as well? To be fair. They moan about the Thursday-Sunday.
1: It is what it is. I think when you're when you're at a, you know, we're talking about bigger clubs and that, when, when you're at a bigger clubs and that, you're, part of the expectation, I think, there is to, to qualify and make European football and stuff. So, it's just part of what you're signing up for, I think. You know that the club's going to be sort of focused on that and, you know, that's going to be one of the things that's going to, you know, if, if you get there, that's just what you're going to have to do. Um, yeah, it, it can be tough at times and, but that's just the way it was and I think for us maybe where we weren't you know that, that wasn't sort of one of our expectations to make Europe and then we found ourselves in Europe and then we just seen how it went it just it keeps going and snowballs and, and goes right through and, and you're playing all these games and I, I think at the time it wasn't I'd never sort of seen it as a burden or no one ever think thought it was a, a real burden um we just we were enjoying it so we, so we got on with it and the, the nature of how our squad function you knew and, you know and, and our training and, and the level of training. You knew that if uh, you know someone had to sort of step out or give someone a rest, someone someone able to to sort of step in and do that job as well. So there was plenty of depth in the squad to make up for that. Uh, So yeah, I was never I never really sort of thought of a schedule being. Yeah, it was busy. Of course, it was busy, and but in a way, sometimes that's good too because you just you're in a rhythm and you just keep going.
0: What about stadiums? Now you played in a lot of stadiums that season in Europe. I've been told this isn't my question this is come from someone else in the the focus team you're not allowed to say Craven Cottage is your answer because that's obvious what was your favourite stadium to play in? it's
1: um, a good question Shakhtar was pretty good it's a it, 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 it's a hard one to answer because I think the nature of obviously having the run and having all those good results that took us to the final each game you know it, it was special memories it's hard to pick it's hard to pick
0: Sense. I think from a fan's perspective, uh, if they were there, a lot of fans think Basel away was their favourite away game.
1: Yeah, that, maybe the nature of winning to get through to the, you know, to get out of that group stage and, and having to win.
0: It was snowing, because it was around Christmas sort yeah. the time, so it was quite... um it was
1: freezing, it was absolutely freezing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, but then even uh, when we played Wolfsburg, Away, like you know, and that, that was a big result for us too because we knew that was a that was going to be a tough game and to score so early and then go and play so well out there. That was one of my f- sort of favourite away performances too because we were for being away from home. We, we, I just remember that game obviously feeling really comfortable and feeling like quite dominant, which is a, you know it's a big thing when you're in the, the, the quarterfinals or, or whatever it was in the, the Europa League and, and feeling sort of that strong in a game.
0: I wasn't able to go to that one, and um, watching it on the TV, I remember the commentator saying, "This is men against boys," and you're right. They they were the German champions at the time, and it was almost like a training ground match at times. So, you know, it was it was incredible how superior we were in every department. It was outstanding. Yeah, yeah,
1: but, so the, the early goal. I think that
0: like the number we well, scored Well, yeah, that was massive.
1: And I, I think that like that just sort of. Got a sense of like because the the go Goals were you know it hit them the way it did, it, it just seemed to knock them knock them out right at the start, and they never be able to recover from it.
0: Just going back to the stadium, did you say Shaktar? Is that what you said? Shaktar, yeah. Shakhtar. Shakhtar, yeah. pretty cool to yeah. Oh, cool.
1: The, the, the noise and, um, and sort of the sight of it, and the atmosphere. That was I that was that was a pretty good one. Good one to win, or a good one to come out the other end, winning even though the game was a draw.
0: Well, I mean, I was actually going to ask you a question about Shakhtar, funny enough, because a lot of fans regard Shakhtar as the best team they've ever seen at the cottage. Do you remember them like that sort of way, or compared to the other teams we played, were they? would you say they were the best?
1: Yeah, they were fine. I remember we got there. It was like, we, we, I think we could kick off and, and score a game, score quite early. Like, when Diamond's side crossed the ball, in, managed to get a goal. Yeah. You won the level after a couple of minutes, and like, oh, this is... A good, good start here, a chance, and then I don't think we've seen the ball for the rest of the first half. Yeah, but, I mean, we come in at half time, and it's it like, everyone's looking at each other, like, almost shell-shocked, like, seems unbelievable. Like, you know, we all got near the ball, or, you know, it, it, it's just one of those where you're trying to, like, find answers, how, how do we cope with this? Like, again, you know, back to Roy coming in, making just a few little tactical adjustments, trying to get us up the pitch a little bit more, just to help us get closer, very calm. Just, you know back to back to what we do and and we managed to, to you know then bobby again the hell and finish for the for the, the second goal and it takes you know that that's what takes us through the final or oh, it takes us through the next round sorry
0: yeah, I mean they were like Barcelona it was it was ridiculous, yeah, the,
1: yeah, the way they played and that and, and they were so aggressive in their in their sort of when they lost they were so aggressive in their first press that it was so hard to get out and break it once you sort of got out and through it, you were okay and, and that's why sort of, i think tried the second half and just try and squeeze the space a little bit more, so that try to get closer in the first instance. But you know, when, they, when we uh, when they turned it over, try and just get that first pass away, sort of through the line uh, and create a wee bit more space for ourselves. So it was uh, yeah, that was uh, everyone asked like, is yeah, because of that run and everyone talked about Juventus and, and Wolfsburg and Hamburg and all the big nights. And when you say, oh, who's the best you played? It's easily off <laughs> Yeah, no,
0: I think the, the fans would agree with you, one hundred percent. Uh, they're the best team I've ever seen at the cottage I think also that the style they played obviously we see it in the Premier League now the way Liverpool play with Klopp and uh, Man City uh, but at that time I don't think there was a team in England that played that style so it really did come by surprise yeah
1: um, yeah it was it was highly played it was the only team you could probably compare them to at the time were someone like Barcelona.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's that's sort of what it felt like. It just the, the way they just the way they were, and they not only with the ball but without it, and how quickly they were they, they tried to get it back. So you know, we beat a team of that quality. So it, that's what makes it so good.
0: So that was the the toughest opponent, and and your favourite ground,
1: favourite moment from the whole journey. Probably. I'm gonna say the final whistle after Hamburg at home.
0: Yeah, that was special.
1: I, I just thought the, just from you know, the big the, the noise and the emotion and everyone running on, you know, people just jumping around everywhere.
0: Have you ever heard the the full time commentary from from ITV?
1: Yes, I have actually. I, I saw someone showed me a clip not so long ago actually of it. Um, there was a little snippet, and I think it just from the. I think it was sort of the whole, like a, a condensed one minute of you know their goals or two goals and, and the the, uh, the noise at the end. I can't remember exactly what was said, but I did hear, it and it's it's it was uh, it was nice to like you know nice to hear it back and back on it and sort of see it from that from that sort of viewpoint.
0: No, it was it was special. That's my highlight. I I, I play that back over and over. To be honest, yeah, I
1: think uh, I event was big too because of the way we, you know, again going down a goal so early and needing to score four. That that was that was special. But because of the stage of the competition that was at, and we still, you know, had the, you know, a few more games after that before we were anywhere near the final. I think that the Hamburg game just tipped the event just because it meant we were we were going to the final. I think because not just of the results and, and, and getting to the final and everything, but just the the culture that was at the club. The players, the group of players that were there, the the staff that were there, it was the, the uniqueness and just how the the club is, how it was like a real close knit club and just the feeling around the place, you know, going into work every day, loving it. Um, that season in itself, sort of just, just sort of was what my memories, or best memories of Fulham, were all about. Um, so that was, yeah, that's definitely up there. It's like the best, best season in my career, one of the best seasons in my career.
0: Who gave the team talk in the dressing room for the final? Was it Hodgson or was there a player that did a, a motivational talk?
1: Uh, yeah, like Sporty used uh, to, I don't know how it, it came, I think he did after one game we won and then just gone all oh, right, Sporty, you need to have a, wee, have a few words again game before the game and it, it, it ended up becoming a becoming a thing and he'd, he'd say something before he went out, so... Um, yeah, that, that was. I remember Swart. I can't remember was he what he said in each game, and that. But he always just
0: the he just say a few words before he went out her. That's my memory of it, anyway. I mean, my biggest regret, and I apologise to you um, and all your teammates, is that as soon as the final whistle went in the final, I had to get out of the stadium because there was, obviously I was devastated that we we'd lost. So I, I'm really sorry because I. I regret not staying to see you get your medals and clapping you at the end because, um, regardless of winning or losing, it was um, unbelievable—a dream come true to see Fulham get there. And you must have been devastated at the end.
1: Yeah, like, and, and it's, it's totally. I like, uh, I totally understand that. But you know, from a, because it's, I think until you sort of have that level of disappointment, you never know how you deal with it some people don't really think about it you know just can't sort of bear the moment and and i just remember being stood there and just wanted to go in i just wanted to get in the changing rooms just that was it, it was finished it, was, it felt like because of the run we'd had and the teams we'd beaten and getting there it, it was like how can we not win this night? you know we deserve it not not you know the 90 minutes on the night anything can happen but you feel like just I'm going way back to the very start and how we've you know qualified in the first place and all the games we've we came like you know we deserve this more than anyone <laughs> to have yeah. this trophy for what we've gone through to get it and then to not get it in such cruel ways it was just it was I, I still have I've never watched the game back I can't bring myself to watch the game back
0: no I've never watched it back I mean obviously I've seen Simon Davis's goal a few times but for me the memory sort of stops at the final whistle at Hamburg I watched that over and over. Get into the final, but I can't bring myself to watch it. I'm like you, yeah. um, and and like you, I think most fans went into it believing it was ours. You know, not 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 in an arrogant way, but it just felt like it was fate. And exactly, exactly. It, I've I've got no issue with Athletic Madrid. You know, I thought their fans were nice. Fulan at the end of the game, clapped us. He was very um, humble about it. He wasn't arrogant. So I've got nothing against them, but. They dropped out of the Champions League halfway through. They didn't put in anywhere near as much effort to get there. We were the original team left. It's really not fair that we, we didn't win it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that, that's how it feels. That, that's exactly how it feels. I, I think the level of disappointment just at the time, sort of trying to think ahead to how it will feel and what it'll be like if we do win it. And having that to think about and... Looking forward to that and just wanting to experience those emotions and then have it taken away at the last minute. It's just the way it was. It was cruel and yeah, I, I totally agree. Because at the end of the day, they they won it because they won the game. But I, I just felt like for everything we put in that season and all the teams we played and everywhere we'd been, like we we just deserved it more than anyone. And I know you can't win the trophy based on how much you deserve it on on, on the season. You've had, you have to win the game. But that's just. That was that 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 defeat, you know. That, I think that was the emotion afterwards, and the, the disappointment, and just had the, you know. As I said that I don't think I've ever really not got gotten over it. Like you move on, but I, I can't, you know. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever watch that game back. I, I'm saying I've seen, you know, the goal and wee clips, and but I've never made a. I've no desire to kind of watch that game back because it'll just stir up all the old emotions of disappointment.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, he's he's bringing it back now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: <talked about> it. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, it's horrible talking about it But i tell you what, obviously I don't know what it was like from a player's perspective But we got there at like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning So we was there all day In the pubs and the bars and that All the Fulham fans, Fletico fans together And it was the most incredible experience I've ever had Just being part of it The whole ceremony beforehand You wouldn't have seen most of that Because you would have been in the changing room It was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so, you know, again, thank you for getting us there, because to see Fulham in in, a European final was just amazing. Only 17 English clubs have ever done it, and to say Fulham is one of them is just crazy, considering how big some of those clubs are, so, you know, amazing. We'll move on now, but there's no point in dwelling on the defeat. He still stayed with us for a few more years after that. In terms of your relationships with the managers that you had at Fulham, uh, Sanchez, Hodgson, Hughes, Yal and Mulenstein, who was you, you know, closest to? Was your relationship good with all of them or was it better with others?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably say Roy would been the closest one just because of playing so many games under him and, and having that success through those few seasons he was there. And, you know, a, a good working relationship going in, but Roy obviously was that a little bit different.
0: Was there anyone that like you? You wasn't particularly close to.
1: I think probably near the end with with uh, with Martin. I just I, I just was never really sure where I stood. Um, I wasn't too sure exactly if if he liked me, didn't like me. Did he want me the centre back or right back? And I think the, the, the team and the, the, the was sort of going through a transitional period. Anyway, I think as a player sometimes you just want to sort of know where you stand. And I just sort of felt I wasn't too sure where where it was going. So. Um, Again, without it being any, you know, it wasn't a bad relationship or anything. I just think I, I just wasn't sure of what was happening at that stage in my career.
0: He was broken up with England as well, quite suddenly. Uh, Philip Senderos came in. Did you see that coming or or did you think it was quite a rash decision at the time? Well,
1: no, I mean, I, I can never really see these things coming because, again, like I said, I've it wasn't something that the manager had pulled me and said, this is what we're going to go with, we're going to try. And it just sort of happened and I had to deal with it. And that sort of caused the uncertainty is exactly, you know, what was, you know, where I was. But, yeah, you know, it's it, it's just the way it was. But, I mean, Phil had been at the club for a while and he had sort of a few issues with injuries and he'd worked really hard to get, you know, to get himself fit in a position where, you know, he, he could challenge for a place. And, and you know, then um, Martin at the time decided to put him in and, and sort of start playing him more regularly. And he, she, but, uh you just got to get on with it then but I just wasn't sure how that left me at the time so those times I, just, I didn't really know what was going on
0: What about your favourite matchup for them?
1: It um, could have been one of the uh when we beat Man U at home that was like phenomenal day too it was the one where Zolli scored that
0: the overhead kick
1: yeah like the, the mad sort of bicycle overhead remember that one's been quite a Because it was my new. but um, if I had to pick, I'd maybe just pick one of the Europa League games, one of the the big ones. Juventus was, I think the emotion after Hamburg was probably the best moment throughout that sort of campaign, but the actual Juventus game, if this sort of makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense, yeah. I think a lot of fans would agree with you, final whistle at Hamburg is the moment, but the Juventus game, I mean, who beats Juventus 4-1, you know, it's I- <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know,
1: yeah, uh, I know. If it doesn't happen, then, and being in that position where they scored early and you have to score 4 to go through the next round, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy, like, so, um, yeah, but I'm gonna say, if I, if I, if I had to take me on that spot, I'll, pick up. I'll say the Juventus game. But there may be others that I've forgotten about, but it won't, when something jumps out, it into your head that quickly, it's, it's hard to ignore it.
0: It, it had everything, obviously the importance of it, the scoreline, the op- opposition, the, you know, the iconic Dempsey chip. Yeah. It just had everything, it had a red card, everything.
1: Yeah,
0: it's, it's, a, it's a difficult the, the to talk. Coming towards the end of your career at Fulham, how did you feel, first of all, when the takeover happened? Was you optimistic about it? Cause the, the squad was very old. Comparison to most squads, did you sort of see the relegation coming?
1: Not, not necessarily. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't down to like the takeover, sort of, it, to sort of answer the first bit. Like it, when the takeover happens, you never really know what's going to happen. It felt okay, and you know, we were in pre season and everything. And it, there wasn't anything sort of to go off. Oh, this this could be a bad season. It was more, I think, just. You could feel it just more as the season went on and results and you started to look around and, and the squad had changed massively even in the, the, the couple of years from sort of going from the Europa League season and, and the season after when, when we, when we finished, I think another top seven or eight season the league under Mark and you just felt that things just weren't how it used to be. There definitely was a feeling of change and, and, and uncertainty in that respect but it wasn't to do with specifically the takeover that, that, that I guess that was something that was viewed to take over a takeover, there's a bit of excitement because it's the start of a new beginning, um, and at the same time, a little bit of sadness because of how he had left and, and what he'd put into the club and how he'd been with the club and that you know that he was a huge part of the success just because of of how he how he was around the place um, and, and how much he cared about it. So yeah, it was it was a strange se- season.
0: Well, I mean, uh, obviously that was right at the end of your career. Anyway, I mean, you didn't leave much. Later than that, I think it was the next transfer window that you left.
1: Yeah, that was, yeah, that was that last season, yeah.
0: Yeah, was it, was it an easy decision to leave in the end?
1: No, no, and it's something I, I keep looking back on, and, and it's one of those decisions that you always think, that I do the right thing?
0: Well, you, I mean, you you left so quietly, and sort of like you went out the back door. I, I, nah,
1: like, it, it, it was it just how football is at times, and it was, QPR were interested, didn't really think anything would come over, wasn't sure what was happening, and on the last day of the window, I had literally my, you know, I was ready to train, I was putting the boots on, had my GPS unit and all ready to walk out. And just as I was walking out the door, I said, I'll go upstairs, I want to stick you upstairs. So I thought, okay, this might be about the, the QPR thing. And sort of just said to me, look, you know, they come in, I want to take you on loan. We know the season has been a bit frustrating for you, so, uh, if you want to go, you can go. Equally, if you want to stay, you can stay. But." I always take when someone says that they, if they're saying if you want to go you go it, it's sort of saying that you're not really in the plans anymore so you know they're leaving the door open they're not like sort of don't know that we want you to stay, there's no chance you're going. So i went home and thought about it for the afternoon. Um but she didn't didn't dream, just left that and then went and there was due to be not that later on and, and went back and forth, was they're doing the right thing. And sort of booked a few people and they said, Look, you know, maybe just get away and See, um, you know, see how things go because it's just, you know, by the, the looks of things, is, you know, your films maybe, you know, that's, that's, that's more or less done for you. Yeah, and, and then I, I went to QPR and, and, and that was more or less it. It happened, it happened quite quick and I didn't have an awful lot of time to think about it. And I think it's one of those things I look back and I don't know if I did the right thing. And, and yeah, I know that a lot of people say, well, you would have stayed and, you know, all them through that period of like, I think Rennie was in time, and he left and Felix came in and they got relegated. You know, it was a terrible six months and you sort of just got, you got out at the right time. But I don't know, there's something that still be at me today that I still did the wrong thing. And I think there's days I think I wonder, I would, I would rather have gone through that six months and finished. Because it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I went to QPR and that was the season they went up in the playoff final and that. And it was, it was a good experience to be around. But it was a strange one too when I went. Uh, it, it didn't work out the way I wanted to and I ended up sitting on the bench at QPR as well. a lot of time I would start thinking like, might have move here, I, you know. I felt all right, I might have been, you know, on the bench at Fulham. But I would have much rather been sat on the bench at Fulham than sat on the bench here. And have I done the right thing? And it's just one of those mad things that happened that even to today I still question. You know, did I make the right decision? But things would been different if I had stayed. Not necessarily for the club, but for me, would have felt different. Would have regretted not going. And so sometimes I try not to think about it because I just go around in circles about, you know, what the outcome would have been.
0: What about best player you play with Fulham?
1: You look through that at the time, and you had so many good players that brought much to the team. Um Duffer, Duffer was immense. You look at this career he had, he was at Fulham and the, the quality he brought. Simon Davies, Murph, Bobby, Clint, uh, like, I could just, you'd probably go through the whole, that whole sort of squad at the time, pick, pick players out of it. Uh, you would have played with
0: Musa as well, wouldn't you, later on?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, Musa came and, and even Berba, like Berber, in terms of his ability, was, you know, phenomenal ability. Yeah. Um, you, you look at it that way. So,
0: who who were your closest friends?
1: Uh, again, during that time, I mean, Ryder, Duffer, I They all like. I think I think it's probably closest with, with Ryder, maybe Duffer, Bobby, uh, and those lads. But then again, because. That's what I loved about that time at Fulham, just the way the squad was and how tightly knit it was and, and how well the guys got on well with each other outside of football as well as within the dressing room. But obviously, Bright is, is there just because of the, the partnership we had.
0: Do you keep in touch with anyone now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's off doing their own thing now and doing different things. And I think that's what's nice about it because in football, you, you keep in touch with people. You know, sometimes you bump into people, but. The, those lads, you know, and still now, you could probably, you know, you could go a couple of months and sort of just with how things are and, um, you know, you don't catch up with someone and then you, you know, you end up dropping a text or, or getting a call or whatever and I'm having a, having a chat and it is we you spoke to them last week, it's that sort of relationship <laughs> and that's how it is with the, with all that, you know, the lads from that, from that group. So, yes, yeah, I'll keep in touch with a few other lads every now and at the end just to make sure that they're all right. As I said, it was a, it was a good group and, um, you know, more than, more than sort of just guys that you played in a team with, like guys that you know, really, really enjoyed outside of football as well.
0: Well, it, it, I mean, in a couple of years, it's um, the 10-year anniversary of, of the final, yeah. so you'll have to have a reunion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll,
1: be, that'll be good. That'll definitely be good. be good to see, see a lot of them again. Well, even if uh, you know, keep in touch sometimes, you don't get the chance to actually catch up in person, so uh, that would be, a, I'm sure that'll be a good night.
0: Realistically you all have to be retired for that to happen. So I think they're waiting on you now. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just keep going, you're amazing, mate. Yeah. I mean how's that going with Hearts?
1: It's going okay, so, I mean it's the season's finished now. Um, that's certainly gone for the season, so I've got uh just gotta decide now, um, by next year whether to, to you know to, to go again for another season or, or what to do. So I'm just gonna we've got a couple of internationals coming up, at the end of the season. Um we go out to Panama and Costa Rica because they are, just before they go to the World Cup, got some friendlies out there. I'm just going to play on those and then come back and have a, have a few weeks to sort of um, rest my, my, my head and my body and, and see where it takes
0: me. So you mentioned international football. Uh, you've had an amazing international career. So we've, we've got to touch on that as well before we finish. 110 caps and counting. The most appearances by an outfield player. You're you're nine behind Pat Jennings. Have you got one eye on the records?
1: Um, not really. If I'm honest, no, because it's so eight games or nine games, whatever it is, doesn't sound like a lot. But in international football, it could be two seasons. Yeah. So yeah. realistically, like when I to get a hundred was a was a big thing for me. Um, I you know, I really wanted to get a hundred, and that was that was really special. Um, and then I didn't really think anything after that in terms of caps, it was just sort of to see what game are played and had the chance to play at the Euros. And then my decision to play on after that and sort of come back from Australia to the UK was because I wanted to stay involved with the national team, because I wanted to you know, try and qualify for World Cup. So it wasn't motivated by sort of caps or anything, it was sort of the desire to get the World Cup. And during that time, you know, I've accumulated a few more and it's taken me to where I am now. So because it's close to the record, you know, naturally people ask, oh, you must be going for it. But it's it's not it's not what it that wasn't the motivation for for you know continuing the national team and and being realistic it it could just be a wee bit too far away anyway so it's not something I'm uh, you know I was sort of upset about or or really desperate to get I think I think I would I just maybe fall short of it um and, and that's just, you know, i not just
0: obviously the last couple of campaigns Northern Ireland have done really really well and, and you've managed to get a few extra games in tournaments but yeah, to get 110 caps for a, a country that realistically doesn't do more than friendlies and qualifiers is incredible and, and you was on 77 caps when you decided to retire in 2011 what was the reason for retiring and what made you come out of retirement again
1: um, at the time we weren't doing so well in North Ireland and it was starting to get a little bit draining Um, and I was starting to just get a little bit disillusioned a wee bit and constantly turning up and and sort of feeling and um, I think as well going from somewhere like Fulham where the, the standards were high and everything was sort of geared towards being the best it could be so even if it wasn't brilliant at least it was trying to be the best of what it could be and that was like you know from the all the little things that go on day to day and around the club you know, the medical room, the facility, everything it was, just, it was always trying to be the best, to give ourselves the best chance. And I think I had that mentality at club level. And then when I went to the international, it was just all these little things that, that just looked up, there's just, no, you know, we've got no chance here because, you know, we're just not giving ourselves a real good chance. And the amount of times I've heard, it's going to change and we're going to do this and, you know, things will get better, and it never did, and I just, I was getting tired with it, and I was getting, at the time, I was getting close, to, I think it might have even have been 30, I was getting close to 30, sort of in my head, I thought, maybe I need to just wind this down, and focus on my club football, and, um, you know, I'm not enjoying it as much as it used to do, and lots of different things, you know, come through my head.
0: What made you change your mind? Uh
1: Two things, one, the chat I had with Michael, when he came, and how he spoke, and how he wanted to change things, and for the first time, it was actually sort of made sense, and he was talking about the things that you, that I, you know, not that I knew what was needed to be done, but sort of the, the things that I felt that were missing from, from, from seeing it at, 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 at that level at Fulham and, and what we were doing there. He was talking about the things that he wanted to change, and I thought, like, this, this could, you know, for, for once someone's actually sort of picking up on the things that I think need changed to give us a chance, and also, he brought Billy Billy McKinley, in as his assistant, and I knew Billy because I was working with for him them. And I knew how Billy worked, I knew his standards and, and his expectations and his level that he expected people to work to. So immediately I thought, we're, we're going to be setting better standards here. You know, we can't help but improve things. And from that chat, and convinced me to, to have another go at it. Um, and I went back and it's um, probably one of the best things that I've
0: ever made. To be fair, you were right because the standards of, of Northern Ireland have improved massively. I mean, incredible achievement to get to the quarter-final of the Euros. Do you have a highlight of your international career?
1: Uh, yeah, it was the, uh, the, the, probably the Ukraine game and the Euros. Um, I think but we won the game. Um, it was the, the first, after sort of, a campaign that was uh, I played in that game too. So it at the atmosphere and the on that day was brilliant. So it's probably the, the highlight because it was you know major major championship. Simple winning the game there too in our know, first year you know first European Championships was was very special.
0: Yeah, no, it was. I mean, incredible achievement.
1: Yeah, it
0: was good. What are your plans for when you retire? Are you are you going to try and stay in the game or are you going to have a break?
1: You know, I'm not I'm not sure yet. i I'm, I'm sort of in two minds, and um, again, I've got to make a decision on next season first, uh, and see you know play on, and whether that's going to give me a little bit more time to think. Um, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to take my I'm doing the this year, not because I'm desperate to get into coaching or anything, but just you know, I'll get it and I'll see maybe where it takes me and, and see what comes up with that. Um, I don't really know. It's... it's, it's, it's Sometimes it's, it's, I sort of always thought I would go into coaching and then a couple of years ago I just started to come away from an idea and I started thinking, you know, is there something else I'd want to do? And I think because I've been so focused on playing, as much as I've had sort of one eye on finishing, I maybe didn't think as much as, as uh, you know, as, at the minute it's an open book and I'll, I'll just see what it takes. Um, maybe spend a little bit of time, do a few things with my kids that I haven't had the chance to do over the last few years of with football and, and, and go from there.
0: Well I mean whatever you decide to do I wish you all the best with it mate. Yeah. Thank
1: you.
0: Well there's there's only one question to ask and it's a question we always finish with pie or pasty.
1: Pie or pasty? Yeah. Um I'll have to say pie.
0: Yeah, what what pie?
1: Um I'll have to say a steak pie. Even though I haven't eaten
0: a state by in so long, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not allowed to. To be fair, when when you retire, you can have as many as you want. Yeah, i uh, yeah,
1: it's been a long
0: yeah. since I've had one, but if, if, you, if you put that choice in front of me, then that would probably be the one I'd have to pick. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, mate. It sounds good. Right, well, that's it. It's been an honour to speak to you. It really has. No, thanks. Thanks for asking me to
1: do it. It's, honestly, it's
0: been a pleasure. You got into so much detail. I'm I'm really grateful when... You know, thank you for everything you did for Fulham. Um, I've said it several times already, but yeah, yeah, we're forever in your debt. You know, you gave us the, the greatest experiences we could have ever uh, dreamed of. So, you know, good luck with the rest of your career and your future. And thank you for everything. Bye, mate. All right, have mate. A good day, done. Yeah, you too. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Aaron Hughes there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Aaron for taking the time to speak to me and I wish him all the best with the rest of his career and his future after retirement. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for updates when the next Q&A will be released. There's loads more to come and that's the best way to keep track of everything. You can also subscribe via iTunes or any other podcast app. But until the next one, my name's Danny Boyer, really hope you enjoyed it and thank you very much for listening.